and friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, baby, Tim and Millennials. Look who security let in. <laughs> Look at what happens when the executives don't pay attention, Canada. <laughs> Let's go, Jesse. Hello to you, too. Welcome to Tim and Friends for this Monday, November 22nd, 2021. Still 2021, right? Yeah, it is. I, I, yeah. I'm still putting 2020 by accident. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Till 2020, 2020, not 2020, 2020 felt like it was 10 years long like that's why yeah it's hard to get over it and we're already in 20 yeah we're almost 2022 almost? we're good at absurdity numbers, clearly uh this is why we're in this business the year yeah. of our lord yeah <laughs> uh this actually speaking of numbers the first ever if you haven't noticed mm. already tim and friends with no tim yes that's right after 170 straight shows who's counting his shows he is Okay, there you go. I'm just saying. 170 straight. Yeah. He was on a pitch count, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> Tim is getting some much-deserved time off, some rest and relaxation. And so I am the first. Pitch in. Yes? Yeah, pitch in. As he's Fill in. load managing. He is. Yeah. I'm coming off. But this is not garbage time. We have a great show for you today. I'm Donovan Bennett. And, of course. Let's go. The stalwart. Jesse. Rubinoff is here with me as well. Shout out to Jesse. Why is he laughing? Steph's already laughing at me. Shout out to you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, listen, it's not just going to be us. Yeah. Ivanka Osmak, Faisal, Kamisa, the boy wonder, mm. and the president and chairman of SN Betting. Is that his title? It because is. It, what, it changes now? It's, it's going up. Oh, it's, it's going, it's going up. To go up. But first it was and executive producer, leverage. and now it's president. And what was it? President and chair? Yes, yeah, okay, yes. Right, the right. president and chairman of Sportsnet <laughs> Betting, Cabral Richards, uh, and many more will attempt to fill Tim's rather large shoes. Oh, they're, nice. they're normally Jordans, but rather large shoes over the next two weeks. So sit tight. He'll be back eventually. But uh, instead of Tim and Friends, we should call this show. I've been workshopping this. Mm. Let me know how you feel. Friends. Oh, right. Yeah, no, that's taken. Yeah. They had, like, what, a billion seasons of that? But they had a reunion. Yeah. They tied a bow on it. Right. There's no question that's in the past now. Like, we can't move forward. We can call it, like, Friends 2.0, maybe. I don't know about the whole, like, just one word. They might have, like, a, what do you call it, copyright, I guess, Right. Okay. on that one. But like, Tim and Millennials works. Friends 2.0, I think, might work. Okay. So, yeah. Tim and Tings? Tim and Tings, yeah. I like Does that, Tim too. And Tings yeah. Okay. Um, I have a question for you. Oh, please. Um... First of all, thank you for uh, um, blessing us with your presence because oh, please. Uh, oh, please. you are the busiest man in show business or broadcasting business. You know Nate Burleson comes on this show, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that's that true. Guy, yeah. that guy yeah, that's a good point. Okay. 17 second, jobs? So, fine, fine. Second, well, he was talking to Oprah last week. We're going to be caught that. Oprah, Paul Rudd. So, yeah, let's just talk about your weekend. So, that's you at the Yates Cup. So what else do you have? You had Yates Cup. Yes. I know Sundays you you are on a show on YouTube with me. Who's that ugly guy on the left? But yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a show with me and Andy McRamara on Sunday mornings, Fantasy Playbook Live. So you had that. And then, okay. What? And you Say think, it with your chest. Promo it. Let the people know. Yeah, no, okay. YouTube's 11, YouTube, 11 a.m. on the Twitter, Sportsnet channel. Facebook. Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, Twitch. And then, and then you thought it was just sports. Uh, no, no, no. Not even close. That is... You on the Bachelor Paradise, or the Bachelor in Canada Paradise 
after show. Why did, did you I pause between every word? Bachelor in Paradise Canada. Bachelor in after Paradise show. Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. They Myself beside uh, Darren Jones, uh, the former uh, bachelorette. <laughs> look at uh, the, Jasmine. Look at the Lormer. lighting. Yeah, look how good Deep you look under those lights. Star. Oh my goodness. So do you have a good, do you enjoy it? Which was uh, your favorite? I won't take offense to what you have to say here. Like if you, if you go in a direction that's not the fantasy playbook live show, it's fine. No. It's okay. It's I won't take it personally. So what was your... What, Spending time with you, my favorite, oh, which is why I'm here. What which a is guy. why I'll be here next week. But what that was guy. that was like the Donovan Bennett hat trick. Like, I was living my best life. Yates Cup. Shout out to Henry Yates yeah. in the OUA nice. as the Western Mustangs bring another one to London, Ontario. Then talking some some batch, some footy. We, we, we're going to talk some, some more football. here in a second. We're going to yeah. talk some batch. Yeah. Amazing. No, not Bachelor. We're going to talk some NFL, but yeah, oh, we can right. talk Bachelor. And, and then yeah, there's that football thing that happens on Sundays. Yeah, yeah, it was a great, it was a great weekend. And now I'm, I'm here with you. And we got a lot to talk about. Oh, we do. Uh, in two hours, which to me is like you know a toddler's nap. It's a long time <laughs> uh, on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 360. We've got a great show planned. As I mentioned, Ivanka Osmak. Which school did she go to again? Yeah, I'll let her talk about okay. that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Queens. Yeah. She's going to she, be here I mean, to defend herself. Yeah. She'll uh, be here. She's going to be here for hour number two. She wouldn't do both hours because I would only talk about the Yates Cup. Uh, <laughs> but we will be talking about some hockey with David Amber. And we've got you set for a pair of games on Rogers' hometown hockey tonight. Sidney Crosby and the Penguins visit the Jets. And the Sens return from their COVID break as they visit the Avalanche. Ron McLean and Tara Sloan will get you set live from Tilsonburg, Ontario at 8 Eastern tonight. It was a crazy scene. Crazy. Though, last night in Detroit as the Pistons' Isaiah Stewart went, he went ham. After LeBron <laughs> James, he takes a shot to the face. You have to think that Stewart will be suspended. But the question is, what about Braun Braun? We'll discuss that. Plus, maybe we'll ask Mark Spears what he thinks, and we'll ask him about his exclusive interview with a guy who never backs down from a fight, Kyle Lowry. He got a little sentimental, and mm-hmm. he reiterated that he wants to retire as a Toronto Raptor. All that plus, are the Blue Jays for sale? Like, mm. is, is someone going to get them for cheap? We'll get Shai Davidi, who doesn't come for cheap ever. In studio, paid more, but he's going to be here with me. Uh, He's going to stop by later this hour. And former NFL MVP Rich Gannon will help us break down another wild Sunday in the NFL in fantasy. Uh, That's where we begin. But maybe first things first, Jesse. Please, please. I'm new here. Be gentle with me. Uh, things, no, please. that's not how we oh, operate here. Come on. That is not how we operate. We're also getting uh, ripped already online. What? Um, For what? Because people are I saying, like, what are, you guys, what are you guys insane? Like, what are, you, what are you trying to call it friends? Like, obviously, it should be friends of Tim's, Tim's friends. Timbits? Like, people are Timbits. Like, this is like, little smaller right. versions of <laughs> Tim. Like, Tim's the donut. He's the honey cooler. Right. right. I'm just an apple fritter. Tim Beebs, yeah. Timbit. And, and I'm probably going to get in trouble. From sales, yeah, yeah. For saying a brand yeah. name, so yeah. I've yeah. already we can move not on. understood the assignment. We can give we us can some names, to get me out of trouble, please. Yeah, no, people are saying friends of Tim's, Tim's friends, and they're just saying that it's like slap, it's right there in the face, like slapping you right in the face. It's so obvious. Mandem, yeah, but we, <laughs> but work? we, uh, we didn't get that one yet, but uh, I'm sure it's coming. So if you have any ideas for the show of what we should name it while Tim's gone for two weeks, not that we're actually going to change it, just like having some fun here. <laughs> Uh, write us in. Hit us up at Tim and Friends. So why don't we begin uh, first things first with, you mentioned it, uh, the NFL. It's crazy. Another wild week of upsets. A bunch of first place teams, including the Bills, Titans, Packers, and Cowboys, 
taking L's on Sunday. So the question for you, the very first question with you as the fill-in host on Friends of Tim, Tim and Friends, what was the most shocking result from a crazy Week 11, Deej? I had the Tennessee Titans Mm. in Survivor. So did I. And I felt really good about it. Yeah. Texans? I know Tyrod's back, but it's not Deshaun Watson. They've been rolling, even without Derrick Henry. And Ryan Tannehill decides he's going to throw it to the other team more than he throws <laughs> it to his team. I, that was the most... Talk to me about these Tennessee Titans, who have beaten five playoff teams from a year ago. They find a way to lose to the Texans and Jets, who are only competing with each other for the first overall pick in the draft. To me, that was the most surprising. Like We can go into, yeah, Kansas City, where did this defense come from? They went from statistically one of the worst ever mm-hmm. to five sacks against the best offense ever. But we knew Kansas City was good. We knew that was going to be game. I had no idea that the Houston Texans were going to be Well, it just didn't make any sense, right? Because the Titans come into that game as the hottest team in the NFL. And obviously a lot of people didn't write them off, but said it's going to be difficult to win without Derrick Henry. And then little do you know, they bring in Adrian Peterson. They have Dante Foreman in the backfield. And it's like they didn't miss a step. But I know we were talking about on the YouTube show. That's a plug. um, That (laughs) we were expecting the Titans to fall off. And they didn't, right? They didn't. And it, there was something in the back of my mind where I was like, like, how long can they really keep this going for? And I think you saw yesterday that when Ryan Tannehill is not 100% on his game, they don't necessarily have the weapons. Julio Jones wasn't playing. They got A.J. Brown, yes. But I'm not sure the Titans have the, the horses, so to speak, to be as good as they had shown up until that point. But uh, speaking of horses, I want to get to the uh, Colts for a second. Thank you. Because uh, going into yesterday, I tweeted this. Jonathan Taylor was 80 to 1 to win the MVP. And running backs don't win MVPs. Like that's just nope. a, that's just a fact. You got to break a record. They, they, yes, you have to break a record. Which he might. Little exactly. <laughs> Little do we know. He might break multiple records cuz this guy just went absolutely ballistic against the Bills who are a Super Bowl contender or at least before yesterday and maybe the Jags game were Super Bowl contenders. They did not play well at all. Jonathan Taylor absolutely shredded them. He's now 15 to 1 to win MVP. Uh, what can you say about Jonathan Taylor's performance yesterday, and does he belong in the MVP conversation now? Jonathan Taylor is doing what we all thought Saquon Barkley was mm. going to do. He's being that dude, middle of the field, off tackle, catching the ball out of the backfield, taking plays that should be negative and taking them house. The negative is that if you were playing Jonathan Taylor in fantasy, it, it ruined your weekend because yeah. you knew, oh, it's a wrap. It it's over. What who, my team does. doesn't matter who's in my flex. Yeah. It's Producer a, it's a Jay job. Sands almost had a 200-point week. I got friends that had 200-point weeks in fantasy. It doesn't make any sense. That's not possible. You can only do it with Jonathan Taylor on your team, basically. And if you had Taylor and Eckler, you didn't even check the app. <laughs> You're like, like, why even watch football? I'm good. <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to give him his flowers. You mentioned it. The, the odds changed dramatically mm. for him in terms of MVP voting. But we're going to talk to an MVP on the show, Rich Gannon. I want his perspective on this, and I want yours. Is there a quarterback that is in the MVP running? All The formula is good team, huge statistical numbers. A lot of guys have missed time, so the stats are down, or their teams are up and down. Do you know who the betting favorite going into last week was to win the MVP? Tell me. Josh Allen. Yeah. 
How's, how's he played the last two games? How's his team played? Two of the last three. How's that looking now? We talked about the fact that the Titans have beaten so many good teams. Quite as kept. The Bills have not. Yeah. They've beaten up on some bad teams and looked really suspect against some real competition. So I'm sorry, Bills Mafia. I know you want to jump through a table, uh, <laughs> but there's not a lot to be excited about about this team right now. And that MVP that people thought might be going to Allen yeah. might have to think again. Yeah, you made a great point there. It's the quarterbacks that are, are in the MVP conversation, none of them have been particularly great. And if there's a, a year where running back can sort of steal a spotlight a little bit, there's a long way to go, obviously. But if there is a year where all the main quarterbacks are struggling, maybe Jonathan Taylor deserves to be even a little bit better than 15 to 1, if I do say so myself. Um, but, you know, who, who might actually end up winning it? Colt it could McCoy. be Patrick Mahomes. Colt McCoy. Could be Patrick Mahomes because, uh, don't look now, but the Kansas City Chiefs, you mentioned them, they're rolling again. After all the talk of their demise, KC made another statement on Sunday, beating the Cowboys 19-9 on the back of their defense. Their defense, Deej, who forced three turnovers. Kansas City has now won four in a row. Um, is it? I feel like we ask this every week, but are they officially back, those Kansas City Chiefs now? Oh, they're back. Yeah, I'm, they're back. I'm not sure they ever left because... I'm not sure I believe in their division, which they're now first in. Yeah. Uh, their next three opponents after the bye this week against AFC West opponents. But that defense has been quietly coming back. 30 points allowed in the last three games. But this is different because it's not Packers without Jordan. Lowe. Right. This is the Cowboys with everyone but Amari Cooper healthy. The Cowboys were averaging almost 450 yards of offense and 32 points per. And the Chiefs, who have been hot garbage, Show up to the tune of five sacks, three and a half from Chris Jones alone, plus a tip that cost an interception. I don't, Patrick Mahomes probably thrown too many INTs to be yeah. the MVP, but if this team continues to play this way, he might be the Super Bowl MVP. Seven and four, last couple teams uh, to go to a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Seven and four after 11. So, yeah, I, I, they scare me. Outside of maybe the Patriots, I can't believe I'm saying that. Insane. Yeah, Mac, look, Mac Jones is... The Patriots are in their rightful place. I know Bills fans aren't going to like that, but it just feels like when the Patriots are in first place, everything in the football world makes sense. Uh, yeah, and Patrick Mahomes, it feels like every single interception that he has goes off the hands of his receivers. Like None of them are actually his fault. And straight up in the air. It's straight up in the air, just like the easiest interception in the world for the defense. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're going to be fun to watch. They always are fun to watch, so uh, we will see. And I just want to give a special shout-out to Arash Madani's Minnesota Vikings, who got a big win yesterday over the Packers. And the reason I say uh, a shout-out to them... And I, yeah, <laughs> I see you making a face. It's because the Vikings, I'm not even kidding you here, it feels like they could be 10-0. All they do is play close games. It's all they do. And another field goal game yesterday, so I went and did the math quickly. It's not crazy math because we're broadcasters. I don't want to get like deep in the weeds here. But their margin of victory or defeat both ways is 4.9 points over a span of 10 games. So it's almost always a one-possession game. With the Vikings, and I just feel like they don't necessarily get a lot of respect because you look at their record, it's not great. They're 500 team, but they could be someone looking at a wild card spot here down the line. Yeah, they've been up by at least seven in every game this year. Yeah, I, my only face in terms of giving a shout out to Arash's Minnesota Vikings <laughs> is nobody hates the Minnesota Vikings more than Arash. <laughs> it's his team, That's true. but he hate watches them specifically. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So, shout out to you, right? Fair enough. Uh, Rich Gannon coming up later in the show. Um, we'll ask him all of those questions and much more. As mentioned, it was a wild scene in Detroit last night during the Lakers and Pistons game when Isaiah Stewart 
He lost it, man. He lost it and went after LeBron and the entire Lakers team after he had his face split open when he caught a punch to the face from LeBron at the free throw line. Have a listen to how it went down. Uh-oh, uh-oh, Stewart and LeBron. Stewart is hot, and everybody's coming out now. He must have caught an elbow or something. He's got a lot of blood streaming from the side of the eye. Isaiah's not going away. Isaiah's going after him. Look, here goes Stewart. Yeah, I think he's a little upset, and he's still trying to get loose. I mean, he's out of the game without question. That's nuts. That's just yeah, crazy that's, right that's now. That's just crazy. And you don't see somebody that out of control often in any sport. Young man's going to get himself in big trouble with the league. You can't go after somebody like that, especially. Yeesh, or sheesh, as LeBron would say. Um, both Stewart and LeBron were ejected, and we're still waiting to hear on any potential fines or suspensions. So it's time to play Canada's favorite game show, How Many, How many Games. Why don't I just step all over the sound? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing there. But, or do uh, it look, in unison with the sound. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, funny story. My voice might be in there somewhere in that oh, little okay. collection of voices. How many games for Isaiah Stewart and how many games for maybe LeBron James, I ask you? So, um, listen, before you get in my mentions, Canada, this is not what I'm saying is fair. This is what I'm saying is going to happen. Because one thing about life, sorry, kids. Life's not fair. Mm. Beef Stew, whose nickname I learned as I walked into the studio by super producer Jason Peter Sands, uh, he lived up to the nickname. He wanted that smoke. He wanted some beef. He will be getting four games. Why, you ask? Because um, the Pistons play the Lakers on Sportsnet this Sunday. Four games from now. So he will be missing that contest because clearly when people said it was over, he didn't realize it was over. And okay. I'm not sure when okay. he's ever going to realize okay. it was over. I don't want to sidetrack you because you still got to tell us how many uh, games LeBron deserves. Sure. Uh, uh, Nikola Jokic, remember what he did to uh, one of the Morris twins? Yes. Uh, he got one game for that. Yes. Um, but your point is that Isaiah Stewart didn't know when to say stop. And you that's missed the part when I said, I'm not saying this is fair. <laughs> I'm saying this is what is okay. going yeah. to happen. One's the MVP, because one's Isaiah Stewart. The yeah, NBA office in Secaucus does not want right. on Sunday uh, to see round two. Um, LeBron James, who had an argument in the group chat with the homies. Was it uh, intentional? Was it not? Vonka Osmak has a take on it. We'll oh, hear get her later. Yes, Maybe yes. we'll ask Mark Spears, who knows both gentlemen well, later in the show. I think it was more awkward than intentional. Uh, however, none of that matters in law, mm -hmm. or in this case, <laughs> he will be getting zero games. Zero games. You want to know why? Because his name is LeBron James. Because he's a partner to the NBA. He's licensed out his own footage and his ability to make documentaries to the NBA. He's not going to be suspended. I was surprised he was ejected from the game, quite frankly. He will not be sitting out. Maybe you might get a, a, a PR note from the Lakers saying, LeBron is resting a quad or a calf, <laughs> which see. is an understanding. So not an official suspension. He will not get an official suspension for his act. You tell me, because I'm based off the stank look that you're giving me, you believe differently. You tell me where I've erred. I don't think you've erred because I think you're correct. I don't think he's going to get suspended. He's playing at MSG in his next game. Like, do you think the NBA wants to suspend Le LeBron James when he's playing at Madison Square Garden? The answer is no. But he punched the dude in the face, whether Did it's intentional know? or unintentional. Did, he Did you see the blood trickling down Isaiah Stewart's face? It was like a UFC fight. 
He punched him in the face. You got it. It was reckless. People get suspended for reckless moves all of the time. It happens all of the time in hockey, in basketball, in football. So intentional or unintentional, LeBron James deserves to sit a game for what he did to Isaiah Stewart last night. Flagrant, flagrant foul, yes. Suspension, I don't think so. Oh, the latest we have, by the way, which we were joking about before the air, is that LeBron tried to reach out to Isaiah Stewart, uh, tried to locate his phone number, and me and you were like, you're telling me that LeBron James can't find Isaiah Stewart's phone number to text him? Just DM him on Instagram. Like, that makes no sense to me. But that's someone in LeBron's camp. Just trickled that story out there so that LeBron could look like the good guy in this situation. Yeah, I try. Suspend him for a game. I try to find the receipts when I'm supposed to do expenses. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean it happens. Like, sometimes you're motivated to do things right. more than others. Yeah, so, um, look. Uh, yeah, I, LeBron, give him one. Four I'm good with with Isaiah Stewart, but he should get less than that, in my opinion. Okay, well, we'll get Osmac's opinion later. Still to come. Ivanka joins me as co-host for hour number two, and we'll be joined by David Amber, who would never hit someone on purpose or by accident. He'll talk <laughs> hockey, as well as Mark Spears after his exclusive conversation with Kyle Lowry. Plus, Sean Davidi pops by to discuss the latest buzz around your Toronto Blue Jays and ownership. And up next, Rich Gannon gives us his thoughts on the week that was in the NFL. Tim and Friends, or is it just Friends? Or Or Manda? You let us know. Touchdowns today, Jonathan Taylor. I wonder who is going to be the offensive player of the week in the AFC. Can he get in for the fourth time? He does! Austin Eckler, four touchdowns, two on the ground, two receiving. The first shutout in the NHL career of Joseph Wall. Whenever a play gets a shutout, it's, it's definitely not fair to just say it was all him or even mostly him. I think it you know, really starts from how the team plays. <laughs> Six-time All-Star. Greatest Raptor of all time. Oh, yeah. Kyle oh, yeah. Lowry. There's, not, there's no question about that one. Another wild week in the NFL. Here to help us, and really help is the key word, break it down, is former NFL MVP and NFL analyst Rich Gannon. Thanks for doing this once again, Rich. 
Donovan, always great to be with you, brother. Trying to make some sense of a crazy week 11 in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, try is the operative word. And maybe we'll, we'll try to give some solace to our Canadian audience in Ontario and elsewhere. And wh- why don't we start with the Bills? Because uh, I can't make much sense of that team. They were crushing teams, putting up university-type scores against them. Going into this week, I mentioned to Jesse earlier in the show, Josh Allen was the betting favorite for MVP. Maybe not so much the case. But I was really most surprised by their defense, league leading, uh, coming in and was really shredded by Jonathan Taylor and others. What do you make of the ups and downs, the wild swings we've seen from the team in Buffalo? Yeah, total collapse, really. I I didn't see this one coming for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they gave up a season-high 41 points. They had four turnovers. Uh, They didn't take the ball away for the first time defensively since week one and you know you mentioned Jonathan Taylor he had a field day they they turned this into a physical confrontation a a street fight and the Bills simply didn't answer and that's a problem right now they rely so much on the quarterback that they they just aren't aren't getting enough from the running game I think that the Bills a lot of people talking about their schedule it's been the easiest schedule to date we're going to find out a lot more about how good this team is over the next six or seven weeks but They've got to pick up the pieces, and I think it starts with playing better up front on the offensive line and the defensive line. To me, that's the key. Not, not a very good performance from anybody yesterday uh, in Buffalo, but uh, you got to address the line play. Uh, certainly below par yesterday when you look at what the Bills did on offense and defense. Let's stick to line play and things that have changed abruptly. I mentioned the Bills had the best defense. Well, the Chiefs had the worst defense, but last three weeks, They've really come on strong, and they played lights out against the Cowboys with five sacks. The players really haven't changed. Spags is always going to bring pressure. What have you seen differently that makes the Chiefs now, again, looking like a title contender? Well, I think you've got to start with the defense. I mean, four straight games where they've held the opponent under 20 points. Uh, they're creating more negative plays. Chris Jones has been phenomenal, three and a half sacks in that game yesterday. They're playing better in the secondary, which helps. And, of course, you know, you always have a chance with a player like Patrick Mahomes. It's not perfect. He's not playing at the MVP level that we saw uh, from the season ago. But the, the, whole, the, the best scoring offense in football to just three field goals, you're doing something right. And I just like how it's all starting to fall together for Kansas City. Remember, two years ago they won the Super Bowl. They didn't play particularly well defensively the first eight weeks of the season. They turned it on the second half of the season. I'm starting to see some of that same performance from the Steve Spagnola coach defense. They're playing a lot better defensively, which is going to give them a chance in the postseason. We showed the standings in the AFC, and the one team up there that everyone is kind of rolling their eyes at is the New England Patriots. We thought finally we'd have a reprieve. New quarterback, young quarterback, it's going to take them a while. Again, they're, they're playing great football. That defense is really strong, and they're atop the AFC East where they normally are. Is this one of, if not, Bill Belichick's best coaching job, what he's done with such a young group? Donovan, I would agree with you. I mean, we we take for granted the job that Bill Belichick does there, even Josh McDaniels, the job that he's done with a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones. I I just like this football team. They've won five straight games. They're playing with a lot of confidence. The defense has been outstanding. I think they have the best scoring differential in all of football. And the quarterback has been so steady. I mean, he's he's very decisive. He's extremely accurate. He's poised. He doesn't turn the football over very much. And, and he, he knows how to put his team in a position to have a chance to win. And I, I said, there's something to be said for good coaching in the NFL. 
And it's rare that you see a team like the Patriots get out-coached, out-schemed. They come up with great plans each week. They do a great job executing. And this is a team that has bought all in. And it's a team that I wouldn't want to see in the postseason. The quarterback is gaining momentum and playing with more confidence each and every time out. Let's talk about that quarterback and the rookie quarterbacks that are in this class with them. You remember around the draft there were some rumors that the Jets might go and get Mac Jones, that the Niners were in play, and I thought, well, that, that's absurd. How could he be that high in the draft? But now if we redrafted these quarterbacks, that would make sense. When you look at the guys who went early and how they're playing now, certainly there might be some buyer's remorse on, on Mac Jones for people who, who let him go by. But, but if we redrafted that group of five, how do you think it would pan out? I think it would be different. There's no question about it. Look, it, Mac Jones has won more, more games than all the other rookie quarterbacks combined. I think Trevor Lawrence has really struggled down there in Jacksonville. Uh, he's not really throwing a lot of touchdowns. He's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. Zach Wilson obviously hasn't played the last couple of weeks with a knee injury, but he's been very inconsistent. He's a turnover machine. And I think you look at Trey Lance out there in San Francisco. I think he's got a wealth of potential, a kid to play just the one year at North, North Dakota State. Uh, but Jimmy Garoppolo has played well the last month. So, you know, and he's a very different type of player. I think Mac Jones is a perfect fit for what they're trying to get accomplished in New England. You know, Bill wants a guy that is all in, that's a smart player. He's obviously, he was a, he graduated from college in three years and he, he was the all time uh, leader in completion percentage at, at, and set an NCAA record last year at Alabama. And that's what he's continued to do. He's, but when it's all said and done, Donovan, he's going to break a rookie record for completion percentage. I think right now he's at 69%. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, that speaks volumes about a rookie quarterback. The game has slowed down for him. He's playing with a lot of confidence. And more importantly, this team knows that it can win big games with Mac Jones under center. The interesting thing is when you spend that type of draft capital on a quarterback, you're expecting face of the franchise, you have them for a long time, and there's someone that eventually could be an MVP and win you a Super Bowl. You are an MVP winner. When I look at this class of MVP candidates, I don't really know what to think. The formula generally is on a really great team, which you were, and play lights out and have huge stats, which you did. But when you apply that formula to the quarterbacks right now, there's either guys who have missed time or the teams have struggled or they have uncharacteristically had some bad games. Who, if anyone, has emerged as an MVP favorite for you right now? It's a great question. I would tell you maybe a dark horse this year. It's very rare that it's someone other than a quarterback. You mentioned Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kyler Murray. You know, some of these quarterbacks have missed time. Some of them have struggled. Some of them have been inconsistent. Lamar Jackson is another example of a quarterback that has missed a game or two. And also a quarterback that has been kind of up and down the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think Tom Brady has had his moments. I think Tom Brady right now, in terms of the quarterbacks, is a guy that I think is, has, has stepped out in front. But Jonathan Taylor may come out of the blue because he leads the National Football League in Russia and he set a franchise record for touchdowns in a game yesterday against the Bills with five. I just like the way he's running the football right now. I like his demeanor. I like how this team uh, you know, realizes that he, he gives them the best chance of winning. I think Frank Reich is all in with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you, you look at Carson Wentz yesterday. He was really a non-factor. He threw the ball 20 times. This team is going to win 
and make it to the postseason and win in the postseason only because of Jonathan Taylor. That, and, and they've got a great offensive line. I think you look at the Colts' offensive line, the Browns' offensive line, two of the better offensive lines in football when it comes to coming off the ball, knocking people back in the running game. Jonathan Taylor may be a dark horse this year to win the NFL MVP award. Well, that's how you know it's a wild year. When someone who wasn't going in the first round in NFL fantasy drafts is in the MVP combo, and someone who was a proud member of the quarterback fraternity is saying, man, I think an MVP this year might be a rounding back. But you always give us such great perspective. Thanks, Rich. Can't wait to do it again in the future. Thanks, Donovan. Well, there you have it. JT for well, MVP. Well, who was the first person to really just saying. put that on the radar? I'm just saying. So, okay. So we had, um, I put it out on Twitter yesterday. It was 80 to 1. Whatever. Not a big deal. Um, and then Michael Pittman comes out after the game and says that he thinks Jonathan Taylor is the MVP. Reggie Wayne, former Colt, not biased at all, but he goes on <laughs> Twitter and says Jonathan Taylor should be MVP. We talk about it in the first block that Jonathan Taylor is probably the MVP. And then Rich Gannon comes on this show, former MVP, and says Jonathan Taylor could be the dark horse to win MVP. I think if there's a year to do it, it's a running back this year. Well, here's the one thing, though. Tough guy. Okay, what? This is where you bring me back down to earth, isn't it? You think this is the year to do it, but yet you didn't bet it. You had the opportunity to bet it. To upgrade the college, the, the college lifestyle into the penthouse You're right. lifestyle. You're right. Put some money down. You're right. And you didn't do it. You're right. It was like I sent the tweet out in like the first quarter of yesterday's game. And I'm like, wait a second. I wonder what Jonathan Taylor's MVP odds are. And you send the tweet out, and then he scores five touchdowns, and then you can't get those odds anymore. It's like over. Now it's over. Now he's 15 to 1. Now it doesn't make any sense to bet it. Uh, but look, the guy's unbelievable. Wait a minute. He didn't score five touchdowns in five seconds. No, but how long did they take him off the board during the games? Because he could, because of a situation like that, I couldn't find it anywhere while the game was going on. You can't do that. You can't do that. So look, I got screwed, and unfortunately, I didn't make the bet. But that's okay. You got screwed. You did it to yourself. I did to myself. I shouldn't have drawn attention to it. Um, Okay, you mentioned off. uh, We were talking about names for the show off the top, and I asked people to to give us some responses. So Mm -hmm. some people uh, have written in. Um, Patrick says the name has to be Tim's Tings. You brought that one up, so he was a a big fan. Patrick Patrick liked that. Uh, Joe says, how about calling it Tim's Posse? Uh, Joe says, not Tim, dot, 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 friends. Not Tim. No, No, no. you're not feeling that one? I'm trying too hard. No, yeah, okay. That's all right. Joe, just tweet in again and take another stab at it for for Donovan. Um, Maxwell says, the scrubs. Okay, Maxwell. Like, Maxwell. (laughs) That's all, I, that's all I got, but uh, no so why don't we end on a right? sour note? Yeah. Shout out to TLC. Scrubs. Although, um, you know who I got a text from? Who's that? Tim? Sarah. Oh! Yeah, who's watching the show? Uh, he, I mean, he's probably going to go to sleep in like 15 minutes. Yeah, he's what's Tim and Sid? In, yeah, that's in right. 12 uh, hours. <laughs> he gave me a good one. What's that? Friends with benefits. Ooh! See, see, that's why he is where he is, man. He's always thinking. Sharp guy, that Sid. You're the first... And only person ever. <laughs> uh, time for a break. Up next, a sharp guy. Shai Davidi will join me in studio. He'll give us the latest on the buzz around the Jays' ownership. Plus, with the CBA expiring next week, could we see a flurry of deals before then? We'll discuss with Shai, smart guy, next.
Welcome back, and now we are joined by Shai Davidi in studio. Shai, thank you for being here because uh, you're busy. You're literally <laughs> like writing uh, and spending time with your family as a family man. Uh, so we appreciate you stopping those things to be here with us. No, it's perfect timing actually. Kids at swim practice right now, so I dropped them off, swim practice, swung here. Be done here, pick them up from after swing practice and finish writing. Father of the year. <laughs> Hardly. Um, okay, so let's break down uh, the ownership, potential sale situation with the Jays story, as we mentioned earlier in the Globe and Mail. I don't really understand most of it, but I don't understand <laughs> most things. So maybe we should attack it from this perspective. What does this mean, and are there implications to the ball club that Jays fans should care about? All right, I think let's start here. I don't think anything is imminent, right? Okay. I, and my understanding, I don't think there's a, a formal process in place for anything on this right now. So it's not like you know a month from now or two months from now there's going to be some sort of purchase or sale, right? I think that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing to say is that this is something that the company, Rogers Communications Inc., has been exploring, not just in recent years, but for a while. Uh, because, you know, you could think back to 2017, uh, Tony Staffieri, who's now the interim CEO of the company, he was then COO, they were at a conference, and he talked about how the ownership was trying to find ways to surface the value of the ball club in the corporate company's finances. Uh, because the the feeling is that you know the the two billion dollars that the Blue Jays are worth, the 1.6 billion dollar stake in MLSE, neither of those is reflected in the share price. And so, exploring different ownership possibilities, structures, things of that nature is something that has happened for a while. Now, is it a little bit more pressing right now? Maybe uh, I, I think that. Rather than necessarily a sale to you know an external person, I think the you know one possibility is some sort of spin-off of the the company's you know sporting properties. So essentially, you have a telecom exclusive company, and perhaps you have a sporting company. There's a bit of precedence for that with uh, Cablevision and what they did with MSG, the owner of the Knicks and the New York Rangers, uh, back in 2010. So maybe that's a bit of a pathway, and that's something that might be it potentially in the offing. But I think right now this is just a lot of exploratory stuff, uh, maybe a little bit of a trial balloon too. Interesting. So some are wondering, okay, well, it's just, just a clerical exercise to <laughs> clean up some books and whatnot. And as you know, a conversation every offseason among Jace fans is what is the budget for this Yes. Team? And do you foresee... There be any, any implications on what the budget looks like for this team in the short or long term? No, I don't think right now. Let's let's talk short and medium term, right? Because generally, sports teams operate short, medium, and long term. Who knows? Uh, you know, I, I think the Blue Jays have had a plan that's been in place for a few years right now. Uh, you know, Mark Shapiro has talked a lot about that and getting the buying from ownership. And I think the Blue Jays have their you know rough payroll plan, well definitely for 2022, but for 23-24, what that looks like as this core progressive. I think that's in place already, and I don't think this is changing that, because this is this is happening at, you know, a couple levels above where the Blue Jays are, right? You know, the, the financial picture for next season is the projections are roughly in, and they've got scenarios based on different attendance levels and things of that nature, uh, and they've got you know, the payroll projections based on, you know, if you get opportunity A or opportunity B or opportunity C. I think that's pretty much in place. And ultimately, you know, if this team does get spun off or does get a stake of its sold or whatever, 
you know, nobody's going to suddenly retreat from this. And, you know, Edward Rogers, who is the chairman of the club, chairman of the company, you know, I think he's been pretty invested in the Blue Jays. You know, there's a relationship that he and Mark Shapiro have established that, you know, I think serves the ball club very well right now. And so I don't see any sort of larger transaction suddenly pulling the, the carpet from beneath the Blue Jays and this drastic set of circumstances being presented to them. Let's follow up on that actual budget and what it might mean for free agency. Uh, Ross Atkins said recently at the, the extension presser that they're now getting calls mm -hmm. from agents and players, which to me means you might get calls for two reasons. People think you're a winner mm -hmm. or people think you have money to spend. Yes. Uh, or both, I suppose. Uh, what is the likelihood of them being a bigger player in free agency? And if they will be, what are the positions of priority? Well, you know, their, their budget, their payroll is going up, right? They are going to be able to still add some players. And, you know, a lot of the conversation when they signed Barrios was, well, can they still add another big player? And I think the way that their payroll is set up for the next few years, they still have the opportunity to add another player of significance for this current cycle. You know, they'll have a little bit of pressure next year up until Hyunjin Ryu and a few others come off the books after the 23 season, but they're set up well for that. You know, the areas of priority, look, I think it's pretty clear that they need at least two starting pitchers, right? You know, extending Barrios is great for the long term, but you are going to have them next year one way or the other. You still got to fix that rotation. But, you know, I think the way that the Blue Jays operate, Donovan, is that, you know, they're going to ex explore the entire market, try to get a sense of what is possible for them. And then they're going to work within sort of their budget and say, well, we could go combination A or we could go combination B or combination C. So, you know, one combination, if maybe you don't get as good a starting pitcher, you maybe you load up a little bit in the bullpen and, you know, you bulk up offensively. Or, you know, if you can get a couple great starters and, you know, you say, okay, let's go the starting pitching route and uh, we'll sacrifice a little bit on offense because we think we've got enough there. So, you know, I think that is really what the assessment process is right now for the Blue Jays. What is the best route? What is the slate of moves that we can make that is going to make us the best ball club for 22? So making yourself the best ball club, both them but more broadly across the league, you, you have an impending CBA coming up that's going to expire, you know, really an impending lockout that everyone expects. Yes. Will you see a flurry, do you think, of moves before then? I don't think so. Like, I think what we'll see is some housekeeping moves from organizations. Uh, you know, we saw some really small deals happen today. You know, those kind of fixing your roster kind of moves. But if, you know, you're the bigger stuff, like if you're Corey Seager, you know, Marcus Simeon, whatever, you're going to wait for as long as possible for the Yank to see if you can draw the Yankees in. And the Yankees want to know what the next CBA is going to look like because they want to know if that CBT threshold, the luxury tax threshold, is going to change in the new deal. So, you know, in theory, if a team jumps at the asking price right now, then yeah, maybe some stuff happens. And maybe some players who are uncomfortable with uncertainty may say, you know what, I'm not, I don't need to necessarily max out. I want to take the security. Let's get something done now. But I think by and large, I would expect most of the business to occur once the CBA is settled. 
No, as you know, the Hall of Fame ballot is official and recently announced, which just means that people on Twitter get to argue about <laughs> Schilling, Bonds, and Clemens and whether or not they get in. Your first impression of this class specifically and what those implications of the class might mean for those guys who are looking to increase their vote. Well, it's really interesting. I think, you know, Alex Rodriguez is the guy who's going to stick out. And, you know, he's got the PED suspensions on the record. And he's also got numbers that are clearly comparable to Bonds and Clemens. And, you know, Bonds and Clemens don't have the positive tests. They're just the reports out there. Uh, but, you know, if, if you're going to keep Bonds and Clemens out, can you vote in A-Rod? Or if you're going to vote in A-Rod, then why are you saying no to Bonds and Clemens? So, you know, I think that's an interesting litmus test for those guys. Uh, and, you know, I would have expected to have seen some progression in Bonds Clemens, but they've tapered a little bit the last couple of years. Uh, I, I don't know. This is, this is one that it, it's, it's so difficult to wrap your mind around. Because if you watched baseball when they were playing, I mean, the game revolved around them. And, you know, distasteful as some of the things they did um, and distasteful as the, 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 the steroid connections are, you know, they're a part of that era and they were the dominant forces. And, you know, A-Rod's the same way, whether or not, you know, you liked him and certainly a lot of people loathed him for the way that he behaved in certain aspects. You know, he was a central figure within the game. And, you know, part of, I think, the Hall of Fame's mission is to tell the story of baseball, both good and bad. Uh, and, you know, one of the issues with the Hall is that, you know, it sort of wants to gloss over the bad in some ways. Uh, but, you know, they were a part of baseball in the last, you know, 20, 30 years. And, you know, the, you have to figure that there's a place for them in the Hall of Fame. You think so, uh, but they didn't get to rehab uh, their um, their perspective on Sunday Night Baseball like you know. So we'll see. Uh, you have a vote. We look forward to see what uh, that vote is. Uh, and thank you once again for sending your perspective with us here. Um, when we come back, Ivanka Osmak doesn't have a vote, but we care about her as well. Joins me in studio to co-host our number two. We'll get into some hockey talk with David Amber. The Flames and Leafs both got shutouts from their backups last night. While the Canucks struggle continue, we'll get to all of that and much more. Stay with us on Tin and Friends with Benefits. Maybe. Here we go. <laughs> and now, time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and Friends of the Show. That is right. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Your boy, Uncle Timmy, Tim McAuliffe, taking some much-deserved time off. So you're stuck with me, Donovan Bennett, today. And now, joined by the star of Sportsnet Central. That was impromptu. You have to say star. <laughs> uh, I put it <laughs> right? impromptu, Ivanka. Ivanka mm -hmm. Osmak, who interrupts Thank Ken you. as much as she just did me. Uh, give it up. Yeah. Give it up. This is my first time being on Tim and Friends. Wait, what? Really? Yeah, yeah, because I got back on mat leave in, in April, and okay. they kept asking, and I, I should have said yes, but I said no. And then when I heard you were ho hosting, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, I'll come on with him. 
Nah. Are you, can, are you can contractually obligated like uh, Ken? Because like, he says that every single time he's on here. No, Ken just wants more more FaceTime. Oh, right, Let's, right, right. Come well, on, we know. And he what wants his to bring out his really hockey is. trophies, and it's a thing. All that stuff. And I was going to bring my trophies and all the medals, but I <laughs> right. just thought, let's just leave it at home. Yeah, you know, and, and you were going to bring the Yates Cup, but you couldn't because that the Queen's Gales didn't happen to win it. Because you're, you're a Queen's grad, correct? Uh, uh, yes, I am. I am, Donovan. <laughs> I feel I'm outnumbered here, though. Yeah. I'm outnumbered and I feel yeah. unfairly and this was a setup, right? What, what does but do you feel like what it feels like to win? Like do you feel <laughs> like a winner being around us? I'm gonna tell you something. What's that? I am a winner in my heart and in my mind. That's, okay? That's sounds all like something that matters. That is the end matters. of the day, the that's the final, yeah. that's the score that matters, as I know Queens is the winner. Okay, I know okay, that okay. Western has more Yates Cups than anybody else. But I'm so happy that you're So, <laughs> So my son. <laughs> That's good. I don't, I don't think that was very genuine. So my son, my husband and I both went to Queens, and so it was actually a friend of ours that gave him a Queens sweater, both our sons, and so mm. this, is, this is him uh, probably wearing his Queens sweater, that, and that, it's way that, too big. It's Hockey Day in Canada, That's too. That's got to be after the loss. That, that was after yeah. the loss. Yeah, I was going to say, is that what... Proud looks like? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Is he, uh, so, little Georgie, he's watching he, at home, I know, right now, and he must be bouncing up and down, Georgie. screaming that he's on TV. But uh, it, it's really different watching a game with your kids, right? Because it's just a roller coaster of emotions. I'm, you know, so excited, and then when the gale started losing, and it start, started getting worse and worse, and it just starts, tears start coming, and he gets really upset. So, it, it was really tough to watch that one with him, but um, yeah, I bet. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I I understand. I totally get the roller coaster of emotions. You know, after the coin flip, you know, it, it was just downhill <laughs> from there. And so, totally. Well, well, well. Uh, but you know, I mean, that, there's a winner right there. There's young Desmond. On a, what on does a, your wife have to say on about a, this? On a quilt uh, that actually editor here at Sportsnet, uh, Owen Roberts' uh, mother-in-law made for me, very nice. Uh, but, oh, but the most nice. important threads is the Western onesie that he was wearing as a much younger child. I hope uh, he spat up in it. Um, he spat up victory champagne because he is a winner. But, but honestly and truly, uh, it was super fun to, to be doing uh, the Yates Cup. And I, I kid, but Steve Snyder, coach of the Gales, has uh, that program moving in the right direction. Their facilities are beautiful. And actually, honestly, it is a good thing uh, that... You know, they didn't win this year because the way that program is moving, they're going to be a problem for a while. They were 6-0 in the regular season. Phenomenal season. So, yes, it, they're, they're knocking at the door. They will bust through. And I'll be here next year or the year yeah. after with both of you. Optimistic Osmax. There you again. go. And, 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 again. Yeah. and we're is past tense. The Mustangs are Yates Cubs champions. But anyways, <laughs> okay. uh, let's actually, because uh, yes. I could talk to you about that all day, uh, let's get into the news of the day, shall mm -hmm. we? We shall. Uh, the Senators are actually back in action after a six-day layoff due to a COVID outbreak within the team. They'll play at altitude in Colorado as they start a stretch of four games in six days. Flip Gustavin will get the start in net for the Sens. You can see it on Sportsnet 1. With Rogers Hometown Hockey getting you set at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Also on Sportsnet tonight, you can see the Jets hosting the Penguins, and it will be Hockey Fights Cancer Night in Winnipeg. Jets are coming off a loss on Friday to the Canucks, but they will have Connor Hellebuck back in net tonight. He has yet to lose in regulation in the month of November. Is a 155 goals against a 948 save percentage.
Yeah, not as good for the Habs, unfortunately. The Canadians are getting ready for a three-game road trip with lots of roster updates coming out of practice today. Carey Price hasn't skated since last Monday and continues to work in the gym. Jake Allen practiced today, but there's no update on his status. Joel Edmondson will go on the trip with the team, but it is unlikely to play. Well, Cedric Paquette could be back as soon as Wednesday. The finalists for FIFA's best awards were unveiled today, and three of Canada's Olympic gold medal winners have made the shortlist. Christine Sinclair, she is nominated for FIFA's best women's player. Stephanie LeBay up for best women's goalkeeper. And Bev Priestman is a finalist for best women's coach. The awards they will be handed out January 17th. And in Edmonton, the Elks have cleared house. After a three-win season, the Elks have fired president and CEO Chris Preston, GM Brock Sunderland, and head coach Jamie Elizondo. The Elks board has hired Wally Buono to consult and advise the club in its GM search. Yeah, and we've got even more news, news that is actually breaking. Breaking Je news. Jesse. This is the breaking first? news corner. All right, we talked about LeBron and Isaiah Stewart off the top of the show. And we played how many games were they going to get. Ooh, I, got right. I got news because there have been suspensions coming down the line here. Ooh, that's you ready plural. for it? Okay. You ready for it? Suspensions, oh, I boy. say. So I was wrong. Isaiah Stewart, Detroit Pistons, two games. Ooh. Yeah. LeBron James. One game, oh. one game suspension. So LeBron has been suspended, and to that I say, anything's possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I did not foresee LeBron James getting suspended for his role in what happened yesterday because he's playing at MSG in his next game. Well, you know who did, did foresee it? Ivanka Osmond. Thank yeah. you very much. I wish there was a camera. There probably was actually a security camera that had <laughs> on our conversation before the show. Don't right? know if it has audio, but sure. <laughs> Lives. I don't know, but uh, there you have it. I am. I that's the handout that I would have given if I were commish. So really, judge and jury Osmac over yes, here. Yes, with Adam Silver. There you go. You had four. News. You had four games and LeBron zero. So I'm over two. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's okay. That's okay. I, and, I think and Mark Spears is coming on yeah. in a little bit, so we'll have to hear yeah. what he had to say if he expected those uh, penalties come down. But this well. means before we get to Amber that yeah. on Sunday, on Sportsnet, we will have Isaiah and LeBron in the same game. Look at you looking at the schedule. Yeah, All so right. are they? I, I'm going to have to check that, but are they both? will they both be back? Will LeBron be back? Because he's only going to miss the game yeah. against the Knicks now, Madison Square Garden, then Isaiah Stewart. I'll we'll find out if he's back, but look out if they are. Mm -hmm. Almost the malice of the Palace 2.0 yesterday, although it's not at the Palace anymore, but you know what I mean. Okay, before uh, we will talk NBA later in the show, but let's focus on the NHL, and we are going to bring in another friend of ours and yours, David Amber, uh, who is joining us. From his home, I believe. That must be your home. David, so <laughs> nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I, I want to talk hockey, but at the same time, this LeBron thing's fascinating mm. because picture what those tickets courtside at MSG for LeBron's lone visit of the year <laughs> were going for. I mean, there's going to be some angry fans out there that had their one shot to see LeBron, and now that's taken away and not. I wouldn't have given him a game. I thought he, he elbowed the guy, but that happens, right? I, I don't know. I can't believe he got suspended there. That's crazy. I agree, he elbowed? It was his fist. What face. part of the elbow? I'm sorry. I'm not a doctor, but that looked like a fist to me, guys. Inadvertent. 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 Uh, my, All right. My, my question is, talking about the price of, of tickets at MSG, 
I want to know uh, like what model suite are you doing this interview from? <laughs> what is the price of the home <laughs> rental? Look at that beautiful kitchen. Lit well. Oh, it's a mess right now, trust me. It's a glow up is what it is. And you know you know how he's really a tidy person? Because he has the, the cupboard doors that you can see actually mm. his his you know plates and bowls. I want to be David Amber when I grow up. <laughs> you don't, Donovan, you don't. <laughs> I assure you of that. I assure you of that. All right, uh, let's get David, let's get to the NHL because there are right. there are good weekends, there are great weekends, and then there are weekends like the Calgary Flames mm. just had. Finishing up their road trip, they take it 5-2 in the brand spanking new building for the Islanders. Then they blank Boston for nothing. Andrew Mangiapane continues to be a great story, and they have great goaltending back-to-back nights from their number one and their backup. What can you say about the Calgary Flames right now? Is this expected? This was the Calgary team we expected last year, right? They went out and got Tanev and Markstrom, and we're all excited. They're going to be great. And then they go and they they miss the playoffs. They were they were a mess last year. This is the Calgary Flames team we all anticipated, and you know Mangiapane is a huge part of that. He he's just flourished and taken so much pressure off Johnny Gaudreau, taking pressure off Matthew Kachuk, off Lindholm, etc. And you know he's become a force. And really, it's been so fun to watch the maturation of his game, right? Because here's a guy. He's had to fight tooth and nail to get to the NHL, tooth and nail to, to become a regular in the NHL. Then he had that blow up at the Worlds where he was the MVP, was sensational, leading Canada to gold. And now here he is continuing that momentum. And Daryl Sutter, you know, love him or hate him, uh, the guy's a Stanley Cup winner, and he has created an incredible identity for this team. And they're they're playing the identity game, the, the hard-pressed uh, you know, tenacious type of game that he loves, and they've taken on his personality, and they're difficult to play against, and it's been really cool to see. You know, the Flames have been flying, and when, there's no middle ground when it comes to Canadian teams. You've got four teams playing well. you got three teams really struggling. If we, you know, coming into the season, all tried to figure out which four would be doing well and which three wouldn't, I don't know if we would have this combination. On both sides of the aisle, what have surprised you thus far with the Canadian teams? Well, the biggest disappointment clearly to me has been Vancouver. And I know Montreal made it to the final last year, Donovan, but, you know, we expected them to regress without Weber, without Price. Uh, you know, they lost a whole slew of other players, KK, et cetera. We expected some regression there with Deneau and everyone else leaving. Uh, and that's happened. The Vancouver situation, I still can't figure it out. I mean, I picked this team to to, to win the division. I'm kind of embarrassed to say that at this point, but I, I did preseason pick them to win the Pacific. I, I like the individual parts. I thought they'd have some momentum. Last year was kind of a write-off because they had that horrible COVID situation where they didn't play for 25 days and then they jammed in like 17 games in like a month. It was ridiculous. And the season was lost. I thought they would kind of get their footing and, and be a force to be reckoned with. And it's just been one problem after another. And, you know, maybe last night they hit four posts and Fleury made 40 saves and they maybe deserved a better fate last night. But on more nights than not, they, they've deserved their fate and, you know, haven't played a complete game. And it, it's been a real mess. So if I'm going to pick out a, a, a negative surprise, it's got to be the Vancouver Canucks. As far as a positive surprise, we, we talked about Calgary. And, and, you know, even Winnipeg, let's remember how their season started, right? Mark Shifley was suspended for the first game that had the COVID situation. Blake Wheeler, their captain, had the COVID situation. You know, I wasn't sure what to make of Winnipeg. They made some changes on their blue line. We didn't know what we were going to get with the, with the Jets. And look at the, the start they've gotten off to. They're running 
you know, with the leaders uh, in their division as well in the central. And, and they've played incredibly well, incredibly consistent. Connor Hellebuck looks like a Vesna winner again. So I, I'm I'm not surprised. I wouldn't say I was totally surprised, but I'm certainly um, it's encouraging for Jets fans what we're seeing with Winnipeg. So some good stories and some really tough stories so far to start this year for the Canadian teams. And Ken and I always joke when we're working together and we have Jets highlights or a Jets game that all Kyle Connor does is score, and he seems to be continuing that trend. Uh, another guy for the Jets who's having a great bounce-back year, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who is an RFA at the end of the season, going into Columbus's old home this week. Yeah, you know what? That's a great storyline. And we all, you know, that big trade with Line, who's going to win the trade? And both guys struggled last year in their new situations. Line, as well as Pierre-Luc Dubois. He has more goals, I believe, this year than he had all of last year at Dubois. And he's been that force. And he's, you know, he's on the radar. He's one of those guys who will get some consideration for Team Canada, I imagine, with the way he's been playing. Uh, he's been that versatile guy you can play up and down the lineup and has been sort of a, a good physical presence at times as well. So he's been a great complement to, to Ehlers and Connor and Wheeler and Shifley. And, you know, you could argue, when you look at the top six forwards for the Winnipeg Jets when Stasny's healthy as well, you know, is there another top six in the NHL you'd prefer over them? I, I'm not sure because one to six, that's a really formidable group. So, yeah, it's been it's been fun to watch. And Ivanka, that is one of the stories. And you hit it on the head with Kyle Connor. When you mentioned Ken Reed, I thought you're going to say all we say is Bucks in deep. deep or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you're he right. says I other mean, things, just, actually, yeah. He just scores. He just scores goals. That's all he does. You mentioned the Olympics, so why don't we take it there. Sidney Crosby asked recently about the Olympics, and I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said, we'll prepare to go until we're not going. Uh, yeah. We know hockey will be played. We just don't know for sure uh, if professionals will be playing. Do you suspect, now that we're really getting close, uh, there going to be a change in terms of who goes to China? It's a really interesting question, and Elliot Friedman touched on this on uh, 32 Thoughts with Jeff Merrick, uh, you know, formerly headlines on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday. Uh, I think the league is taking a very long, hard look at this. The players, they clearly want to go, but we're, we're you know, the, the NHL isn't going to compromise their league for the sake of the Olympics. We know that much. Uh, they're not going to compromise the health and safety of the players, too. And look what we've had so far. Ottawa, as you mentioned, coming back off a stretch of missing three games in a row, there's been an outbreak in Pittsburgh. Uh, there's been an outbreak in San Jose. There's been an outbreak in Winnipeg. I'm forgetting a few teams. I mean, you know, sort of currently there's an outbreak with the Islanders. So, uh, you know, this is significant, right? This this is a situation where you can't go, okay, we're going to take a month off the season and go out to, to Beijing to play in the Olympics, and we're not going to be able to fit our entire 82-game schedule into a, a tightly formed schedule, uh, timing-wise, that fits. So, to me, I, I think there's a lot of discussions to be had. I, I know... The NHLPA and the players want to go. I think the league is resigned to the fact that they're probably going to go. But there's certainly going to be some last-minute conversations on it. And they're not going to do anything that's going to uproot, you know, a season that's already been uprooted the last two years because of COVID. Well, that's a good point. I'll be interested to see Elliot's continued coverage of it. Uh, thank mm -hmm. you for letting us uproot you making dinner on that massive kitchen island. <laughs> Always appreciate you. Uh, thanks again, Amber. I love the tone of the show, guys. A professional tone. I missed him, of course, too, but you guys are bringing it. So uh, good to see you. Thanks for having me, guys. Have fun. See you, David. Uh, a lot of pressure. Professional. We're going to have to keep that up. Uh, so <laughs> High I'll standard. See High standard. Although Timmy was at the station today. Did you see him? I, I, I did, yeah. yeah. And I thought to myself, why am I here if you are here?
But I'm yeah. happy to be here with you. Uh, after the break, more of me here with you. Uh, <laughs> it will be my conversation with Will Smith, plus Sanai Sidney and Demi Signalton, who played the Williams sisters in the new movie, King Richard, in theaters now. We'll bring you that conversation next on Tim and Ivanka and me. What is going on, Canada, and anybody streaming this overseas on Sportsnet Now or the Rogers Ignite app? I am Donovan Bennett. I evidently have moved up in the world because I'm hosting uh, with Ivanka Osmak, the icon, the legend. Uh, I also got to talk to another smaller icon, legend, uh, Will Smith. It was cool to get to know a different side of him, especially when he was with his co-stars. Here's Will Smith with... Uh, Demi Singleton, and Sanaya uh, about King Richard. Donovan. Yes, sir. Now we have the real stars. There you go. <laughs> thank you for doing this. And thank you for the beautiful tennis. Because you know, if you didn't come correct, the internet would come for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you guys did brilliant work with, with the, the tennis and with, with your uh, performances. So you're going to be. Aww. I'm excited for the world to see it. Tennis takes expert instruction, it takes families with unlimited financial resources. It's like asking somebody to believe that you got the next two Mozarts in your house. Venus and Serena gonna shake up this world. What is the pressure like of having the Williams family and Williams sisters uh, watching and going through all of the scenes of the moment? There was a little bit of pressure, you know, knowing that they were gonna see this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think for all of us, we wanted the family yeah. to watch it and any opinion they had on it to be good. Venus and Serena watched the film, I was like, Oh, like, they what? <laughs> no, I was like, wait, wait. So, like, how do they feel? Yeah. No. And they were like, oh, they enjoyed it. They mm -hmm. cried. It's terrible, like, that when you know they're going to see the film that day, and you put in a year and a half worth of work, and now they're gonna see it, and in the next two hours, your whole life is on the line. You know. No, I, think I, I think I'm glad that I didn't know. You that didn't know that, yeah. Until after they saw yeah. it. Whereas I feel, I think you. I was getting the minute like to minute. Alerted. They just walked into the theater. <laughs> did, the, did the movie start yet? Yeah, it's, it's always tough. This next step, you got to take. You're not gonna just be representing you, you're gonna be representing every little black girl on earth. They're not gonna let you doubt. How could you? Fail to plan, plan to fail is a theme throughout the film. I heard my father for the entire film. Going through the scripts, did you see some of your parents come out in the characters? I could relate to Richard because my dad's from the South. We both could relate to that. Yeah. To yeah. that kind of like Southern, Discipline, Southern like, upbringing. Yeah. yeah. But it was kind of just like, oh man. I know you said some things and I'm like, yes, da yes, dad. <laughs> you know? The world according to Richard Williams is is really interesting. He He's, um, you know, he led, he led with love, which is, not always the case in these scenarios and you know how much 
they loved their father was really intriguing to me, you know, because he wasn't just, a, you know, a, a disciplinarian, yeah. you know. And it's funny because they were actually saying that Orsine, you know, their mom was actually harder on them than on the court than, than Richard was. Well, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. Thank you for being present, uh, you know, family members in your own uh, lives, because we don't see that a lot in, in media. And you humanized the black family in this story, which humanizes all of us. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Donovan. You. Appreciate you. Yeah, that was cool to do. Uh, shout out to Demi Singleton, Sinai Sydney, and Will Smith for allowing me to. The, the best part for me was I got to see a different side of Will playing mm -hmm. Richard, but also seeing him with them and how almost like he was Father fatherly figure. with sure. them, right? Yeah. So it was, it was really cool. And, and then when Will Smith says your name, thanks, Donovan. Yeah. <laughs> I come yeah. on. You're not making a big enough deal about this. Yeah, like, I was going to say, that's, a pretty, <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty big deal. That's really neat. Um, I'm not a movie person. Wait, what? What does that mean? It's true. I'm not a movie. What? I know. I, I haven't seen Shawshank Redemption. I haven't seen Slapshot, to name a, f a few movies I haven't seen. But uh, this is something that would definitely interest me. I'm, there's no surprises in their story and what we're gonna, what you would see unfold in the movie. However, it's just that you know that coming from nothing and doing so much and becoming larger than life and so successful from what they started with. And um, and what what I keep reading is that Orsine, even though it's King Richard, the Queen Orsine had as much of a part in their upbringing and tennis. Like, especially with Serena, when Venus started to get really big and turn professional, Orsine had a big impact on, on uh, Serena's game. Yeah. So and, I will definitely be seeing that. And, and it evidently still does. So, yeah, it was definitely uh, worth the watch. I enjoyed it. Yeah, awesome stuff. Okay, well, we have an update on the Peng Shuai story that Tim discussed on Friday. The tennis star, she spoke with the International Olympic Committee for about 30 minutes on a video call Sunday. The IOC said... She is safe and well, living at her home in Beijing, but would like to have her privacy respected at this time. Now, the Women's Tennis Association responded to that video, saying it was good to see her. However, quote, this video does not change our call for a full, fair and transparent investigation without censorship into her allegation of sexual assault, which is the issue that gave rise to our initial concern. Now, that concern came in early November, when Peng accused a former top official in the Chinese government of sexual assault, posted the story on the leading Chinese social media platform, and that post was quickly deleted. And Peng hasn't posted on social media since. Her comment section, that has also been turned off. Now, the WTA, they have taken a hard stance on this situation, which you don't see often, but they have. They've been getting much needed extra attention and publicity from tennis stars like Serena Williams, Naomi Osaka, who are using their own platforms to amplify the gravity of the situation. WTA chairman and CEO Steve Simon, he threatened to pull tournaments from China, which would result in a loss of hundreds of millions of dollars for the tour if Peng is not accounted for or her allegations are not fully investigated. And in a letter to China's ambassador to the United States, Simon requested that Peng either be allowed to leave the country or speak live via teleconference with him and no one else present. Um, because a couple of videos, including the one we saw the IOC Sunday released on the weekend, 
There was also some from the Chinese state-run media. They put out some pictures and a video uh, at a, a kids' tournament. Um, so time, of course, is ticking between now and the Winter Olympics, which are scheduled for February in Beijing. The IOC facing heavier criticism as each day passes, especially after releasing the video on Sunday. So... Well Scary said. stuff. Well said. And a lot said there. Uh, so thank you. Yeah, a lot, uh, a lot to unpack. And it's, this has been happening for weeks, but now finally getting the attention it needs, right? Yeah, and I'm guilty. I didn't know any of the story until Naomi Osaka yep. tweeted about it, which yep. is, shows you the power of her platform. And the more I've learned, really, the more questions I've had or mm-hmm. unanswered Sorry. questions, because as they try to answer the questions and qualm the concerns, I personally have more. The Chinese government has not addressed the allegations, mm-hmm. which started all this, as you mentioned. You know, and I just feel like everything we've been shown is so sanitized, so clean. It's anything but natural, which means to me there's still something else that's going on. Why everything that is supposed to appease us has been so orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, which is why, as I said, it's a bit of a surprise that the WTA is taking such a hard stance because a lot of organizations haven't. So I think if the ATP were to get on board with them and also, you know, say, okay, well, we may withdraw tournaments as well, that would be sending an even stronger message, right? It would. And and I'll say this: um, I, first of all, kudos to the WTA and what mm-hmm. they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also about to be an Olympics. In China. And we're supposed to believe the IOC, um, but they have interest in people not being upset or boycotting the Olympics in China. So if other people, brands, associations put on just as much pressure, maybe we'll get something closer to transparency. The story still unfolds. Yeah. Uh, okay, we are going to talk some hoops coming up after the break. Kyle Lowry showing lots of love and amour for the Raptors and Toronto. He had a conversation with Mark Spears. We'll discuss that with Mark Spears. Plus, the results are in. The fallout. LeBron James, Isaiah Stewart, the incident last night. Join us, Tim and Friends, with DJ and Ivanka as friends. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. If you missed it earlier, we had some breaking news coming from the NBA. LeBron James suspended one game and Isaiah Stewart two for last night's incident in Detroit. And we are joined, coincidentally, joined by Mark Spears of ESPN's The Undefeated. Uh, I'm so glad this news broke within this hour because we were going to go a different angle first. (laughs) But immediately, I just have to ask, what do you think about both suspensions? Oh, I'm sure LeBron's upset because it's New York, the game he's going to miss. He's not going to get his one trip to the Garden. And that's a big deal for players. Um, So he misses that. Uh, I don't know that he's really worried about the money or anything like that. But to miss your one game in front of Spike Lee, a better Knicks team. And right now, the Lakers do not need him to miss any games. Um, They haven't been able to get a rhythm. they got so many new players, guys in and out. Uh, he, he's taking a lot of time off, so certainly unfortunate. But um, I, I, you know what? I actually thought he was just going to get hit with a money because, um, I mean, he did get kicked out of the game, and he didn't really retaliate on Stewart. Um, Stewart got two. I actually thought he was going to get more. 
because it, it you, you got to watch the whole tape. And and I love Isaiah. He's a good kid, and I get it, man. Like, come on, you like LeBron did punch him in the mouth. <laughs> so I mean that Andy Andy cut his eyebrow. So I, I mean I get it from that standpoint. But I, I I was surprised that it was a game because it wasn't like LeBron was trying to fight him back. And initially, whether you, you uh, it was sincere or not, he did try to apologize. You know who was trying to fight him back was Russell Westbrook, who put the Dukes on. Oh yeah. I, so normally when we get. These fights, they're not really fights. They're just, you know, ego contests because nah, you don't want to back down. This one could have been bad. This one this, this could have been really bad. If I, they, they didn't grab Isaiah, like, I'm not going to go as far as call this malice in the palace, too, because that that's a whole different ball game. But um, he, that, when you see blood, when you get hit in the mouth, I, I, I just don't think he was in the right mind. Like I said, he's a physical player. I know him pretty well. That's not his character. I, I almost want to think he had a little temporary insanity when he saw that blood. Um, and he saw how his mouth felt, right? So that I'm sure when he cooled down, there'll probably be an apology. Um, that That's not him. And, and I hope that doesn't, you know, put a stain on his career. And I'm glad he didn't get anybody. And kudos to the Pistons for everybody uh, that tried to stop Stop him. That ain't no easy man to stop now. Because he he was stopped a couple times, and you thought, okay, it's <laughs> over. And then he kind of went back. Yeah. And then when he took off down the tunnel, you know, the, the PA announcers and everyone was, or not the PA, but the broadcasters were saying, like, is he going to come around? And everyone was just on guard. Yeah, I felt like it was like a WWE match, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and, and uh, one of the assistant coaches got thrown to the ground, and a Lakers assistant, it was I, I understand how he uh, was certainly emotional and his temper, his temper got the best of him, but it, it got to be out of control. He, he has to calm down. And, and, I, and you know what? And the thing is, you don't know what's being said. Like that video you showed at the beginning where LeBron, may, maybe part of the reason why LeBron got a game is perhaps one something he might have said back to Isaiah to perhaps incite him more instead of calming him down because – what the NBA does is they make phone calls. They talk to LeBron. They talk to Isaiah. They probably talk to Russell. Talked to a few people involved and heard their side of the story. And I'm sure Isaiah said, yeah, he told me this. He said this, which, you know, obviously right now we don't have access to the mic um, or something like this. But uh, there, there perhaps was something said by LeBron or one of his teammates that caused this. Like, look at this, man. Like, that ain't. That's more than the punch now. There, there was something else that incited him, in my opinion. Yeah, he wanted that smoke. I think Dwayne Casey uh, spent his first time in the cold tub since his days at Kentucky <laughs> trying to get in front of him. Uh, but a guy who uh, also never backed down, who Dwayne Casey loves, is Kyle Lowry. Uh, and, and you had a really, really introspective uh, piece on the undefeated today, both what you wrote off the top and then the Q&A. Um, Kyle almost made us a little emotional around here what, what yeah, did get you... ready for it february 3rd baby yeah get ready for it yeah on on sportsnet uh so w w what did you take from your time with kyle and how you know reflective he was and this is a guy who stays with a chip on his shoulder and he was you know given some flowers throughout the conversation yeah i mean canada loves him i mean his stories are getting a ton of clicks and i i, I think this was uh, 
his pouring out to Canada about how much he loved the Raptors, loved Toronto. Um, and when he told me that he wasn't excited about coming back, I was like, whoa, something bad here? And it was quite the opposite. He's, you know, he's tough. He's from Philly, man. He ain't supposed to cry. He, he going to fall apart that day. And I think a lot of people in the arena are going to fall apart because he is Mr. Raptor. He meant so, he's meant so much to that franchise, the city, that country. Um, he hasn't had a chance to say goodbye. Like, I, we were talking a couple weeks ago in L.A., and I'm like, man, you haven't played a game there. By the time you play your next one there, it'll be almost two years since he's played in that arena. So, yeah, he and, and to say for him to say, like, I'm going to sign a one-year deal so my last team could be the Raptors, I think that's that's beautiful. And it speaks volumes about how much he he means to that franchise and how much the franchise means to him. I was going to say that bond became very evident when he talked about that he still talks to Masai and Bobby Webster and Fred and OG and he and you're, and you're Pascal. like, why'd you leave then, right? I know. I mean, things were going <laughs> so well, besides the whole Tampa thing. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, mentioning that, that it was a tougher decision than just saying, okay, packing up and going to Miami. Like, this this was difficult, difficult for thing for him to do. No, I mean, and, and he got on the same page with Masai. He still texts with Masai and Bobby and he calls all the players his little brothers. He also told me it was important for him that the franchise be in a, a, a solid place, in a good place. And he's like, look, this is Fred's time. This is OG's time, Pascal's time. They got some young talent. They're going to be all right. The cupboard's not bare. I, he, he didn't feel guilty. He, he kept saying that this, this franchise is in a good place. But he wants a chip. He wants another one. He doesn't want to be a one-hit wonder champion. Um, is Miami the team that could do it? Some might say, like, they're in a running, but no, you know, right? Like, but the, I, I do think that Miami is in the conversation. He has a great relationship with Jimmy Butler. He also built a relationship with Eric Spolstra that dates back to, I believe it was 2017, playing in the NBA Africa game where their rooms were basically, like, next to each other in a in the hotel in Johannesburg. Uh, it's not tampering, <laughs> but but they got to know each other then and and build a relationship. So, I mean, the in Miami Heat are going to continue to get better and better. Victor Oladipo could potentially be on this team by the end of the season. Uh, don't sleep on the Heat, and obviously by the look of those standings, they're right there, and they got a shot at it. I mean, they they're going to be a tough out now, and, and Kyle's going to be a big reason for that. Yeah, they've started really well. They've got that championship DNA in that organization. Uh, the same is true uh, for the organization in the Bay. Uh, and, and maybe some people are surprised the way they've started, haven't had Wiseman be a part of things yet. Clay is coming back. Are you surprised, given how well you know that group? No. I, I, I try to temper it because I live in the Bay. and People, oh, man, you live there. You know, they think I'm a fan and everything. So anytime I talk good about the Warriors, they get on me because I live in the Bay. <laughs> but I saw it, man. I, I know it. I know how good Wiseman's going to be. I know how good Clay's going to be when he got back. And all their supporting cast got better and better and better during this layoff. And now, like, yeah, you saw your, your hometown guy, Wiggins, there. He's going to be, like, he's their number three you know, score, maybe number four, depending on how Poole's doing, how Wiseman is doing. They're just deep, scary, 
Um, Kaminga, the rookie, is starting to come along. I don't know that there's a better bench in the league. Steph is playing out of his mind, playing on the MVP level. But the thing is, like, I don't know what Clay's going to be. But since their team is doing so well, you don't have to force him. He doesn't have to start initially. He doesn't have to play 30 minutes. You can bring him along slowly, bring Wiseman along slowly, because it's not a desperation thing. They're doing well without him. So, um, but I do see them as a team that now keep in mind because they're doing so well when the buyout market comes after the trade deadline, the Warriors will be in line to like maybe still whoever is the top player available. I, I think they could probably use another backup for Steph. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who's available at that time. But they're no, they're they're a great team and certainly capable of winning a title. And a lot of it is something that we don't talk about is how great they are defensively. Yeah, well, we're going to be talking about them for a while. Thank you for you know bringing us along slowly because our Steph Curry, uh, Tim McAuliffe, is not here, which I guess that makes <laughs> me the Gary Payton. Uh, he's a, he's, the, a, he's avoided me, man. <laughs> well, that, that's because he, he, he owes me some wine, <laughs> right? From two sisters, and can can two sisters give me a shout out back? I'm giving all this publicity about their wine, and they ain't said nothing <laughs> back to me. Uh, they should be sending me a case too, but I guess he's he's claiming this custom situation is so extreme well right? i appreciate he could have snuck it on the raptors plane maple leaves blue jays somebody <laughs> drake's I, private jet you know something man. Hey, we're, we're just friends we yeah we, we can, we can i'm not i'm team. not blaming y'all but y'all in the seat so <laughs> thank you you gotta get you gotta get that smoke today thank you for ma- making us uh <laughs> you know aware that we evidently yeah, have a debt we, to pay i, I can speak i don't have I can napa speak valley money oh, yeah, yeah no, I can speak for him. I, Mark, I can just say that uh, I'm here every day with him, and I know that it is stressing him out greatly, and he really wants to get you the wine, but he just can't figure out how to do it. So it's just taking a little bit of time, but I can say that, that he definitely wants to get it to you because it's, it's been bothering him. <laughs> didn't, the, didn't the Raptors just come to California? <laughs> <laughs> He's not trying hard enough, evidently. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, you can give you that song and dance, man. It's, well, it's okay. Well, I'm just have to go out there and get it myself. I'm, I'm fully vaccinated. Send him an IOU. I got my extra dose I need. I'm good. I can come out there now. I'm, I'm due for a Toronto trip. Well, after that Lowry story, we, we'd love to have you uh, when when he comes back to Toronto. Uh, Border is open. I need, to, need to go there for sure. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yes, I'd love to be there. Well, we love having no you. No crying. Always. We can't cry, right? You can't cry. No, oh, there'll be tears. Just, just bring your toque and parka, though, something, by then. Something <laughs> is my, in my eye, but no, we're not crying. Yeah, I, yeah. Thank you, uh, Mark. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Uh, don't cry. Just dry your eye was the line you said when you hit a shot in someone's face. And so mm-hmm. that's what I think we'll be doing when Lowry comes back. Uh, but that's Mark definitely won't be crying. We talk lovers, fighters, warriors. What more can you ask for? Yeah. All that and more coming up. On Tim and non criers? Does that work? Doesn't work. Oh, I try. All right. Doesn't work. Welcome back. Our Monday tip of the cap goes to Kyle Beach. Kyle Beach came forward about a sexual assault in an emotional interview with TSN's Rick Westhead recently. And after some time away from the spotlight, Kyle returned to the ice. And in his first game back Friday, he scored twice and added two assists. He helped his German team, the Tech Art Black Dragons, to an 8-2 win in the German Overliga. 
a nice way to end the show and mm -hmm. start the week. Uh, it's always nice to end with Jesse Rubinoff. What do you got for Last Call? Oh, we got uh, a lot of stuff here for Last Call. Why don't we begin with... Um you know, golf, uh, I kind of like it a little bit, just a little bit. Ivanka, I know you like it too. Um, Tiger Woods got the sports world excited over the weekend, posting this clip of him uh, hitting balls or practicing with the caption, making progress. Now, the, the video is like three seconds long, which is a genius move because it means you get millions and millions and millions of views. Uh, Tiger hasn't played since his car accident back in February, but appears to be on the comeback trail. So the question is for Ivanka. Can Tiger come back post-car accident and win yet another major? Is this for a box of wine? Are we going to put, <laughs> yes. put a box of wine I'm from, from uh, the Bay Area on the line? I will say no. No, no. I'm going to say no. Not another tournament, sure. Major no. Ooh. We going to blow your The Masters in April, in 2022, are better than Phil Mickelson's odds. And he just won a major <laughs> last year. That's like he won the PGA Championship. And yeah, he, like he's 50, whatever, whatever. Tiger is like post-car accident. And it just shows you that Tiger, nobody moves the needle like Tiger Woods. So it's uh, it'll be great to see him healthy again, whether he wins or he doesn't. You just want to see Tiger Woods back on the golf course. Uh, okay, let's go to TFC. CF Montreal defended their Canadian Championship title on Sunday, beating TFC 1-0 on a late goal from... Romel Kyoto, the news gets worse for TFC. According to reports, Josie Altidore is set to leave the team and become a free agent. And also, it was announced today that Toronto and general manager Ali Curtis have mutually agreed to part ways. So, DJ, which loss do you think is bigger? Is it Ali Curtis or Josie Altidore? Yeah, I mean, I lo love Ali Curtis. He's a great guy. Um, was in tough uh, falling Bez, Tim Bezbachenko. Yeah. However... Altidore's loss is greater when you look at what he's done for the course of the franchise. I, I would argue he's the most important player in the franchise. I know Javinko's mm. the most exciting, Bradley's the captain, but how many big goals mm. did he score? And he replaced what was terrible in terms of, you know, the Jermaine Defoe situation. He came in and gave them immediate work, but he hasn't been giving them any work right now. The hamstring has been an ongoing issue, so uh, Altidore, massive loss in personality and stature and upfront. Yeah, seems like they're going to just have to get younger, go in a, a different direction here at TFC. Okay, to hockey, the New Jersey Devils alternate jersey may or may not have leaked on Twitter. This oh. is... Uh, it drew some laughs because the sweater simply says Jersey <laughs> on the front. I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> no. In fact, I mean, it's right twice. Yeah, uh, well, my question is, like, well, why would this leak? Like, whose jersey is this if it's not the one that they're they're going to use? Like, was someone just I'm, made a random jersey? I'm not a fan of the lines, the uh, the writing scripture, the font that they've gotten written. And I'm from Jersey, wait, wait, so I think I can wait, say that wait, and wait, wait. own that. Yes? The, the, the font and the lines are the I issue? think if Jersey was written differently... It would come across. The lines are a disaster. And the, the lines, lines are, are not good. I don't know why are there's so many here. There's like seven lines. Different number here. Yeah. You got to be consistent at some place, right? There's there's lots happening. That's see, there's three on the shoulders. If it said off-white, people would spend thousands on it. <laughs> I think the issue people have is that it's a jersey that says jersey. Right. No, see, I, I think if jersey was written differently, it would hit hit different. Okay. And, and I would not buy, but I, you know. <laughs> we'll see if they officially <laughs> officially unveil that uh, jersey. The, the best is, like, let's be honest, the best is when Putty from Seinfeld wore the whole New Jersey mm. Devil's gear and does like, that, that, 
that boss. Yeah. Like, that's just the best. We, can't, yeah. we can never go get away from yeah. that. The original You're just devil looking society. at me like, <laughs> shaking his head. This is what Ken puts up with every night. Uh, I have okay. no idea. Well, we're going to stay with attire because um, sweater weather is in full effect. Yeah, let's go. Even in Washington, Kyle Kuzma taking it to another oh, level. Boy. Um, like, okay. Is this gonna be the new? Scarf I don't need thing? to finish. I don't need to finish the, the script because look, this is what it is. This is what it is. Would you wear that? Okay. Can, are we no. doing fashion now? Because it seems like we've devolved into the fashion. Before the show, I don't. I don't know if you've noticed. So mm. Donovan's wearing sweatpants and I mean, a sweatshirt. No, joggers. They're not sweat. I mean, what's the difference oh, between joggers out. and sweatpants? Not even through a full show. You're telling on yourself. They're not sweatpants, all right? No. Like we're not. We're not going to the gym. We're going to but Milan. You, you could. We're going to Paris. Is where we're you, going. Have you seen people They're go to joggers. the gym recently? Well, no, it's been a while since. That's we've like seen a that, puffy vest too. I didn't realize the lines when you had it on originally. Now is that just a dicky or is it a full Excuse sweater? <laughs> uh, it is uh, a full. It's a uh, sweatsuit. Yeah. Are you warm? Uh, we, we could take this out if it gets a little that's, too warm. That's um, what I mean. It's just an insert. I don't want to take attention away but from then, DJ, but uh, Ivanka is yeah wearing okay, a Canadian Okay, so then tuxedo. DJ shows yeah. up with this, and I kind of ask, is that what you're wearing? <laughs> and then with, I... With disdain in her voice. Pull out. Oh, my pants are no. <laughs> They're fine. They're fine. You look great. With the Canadian tuxedo, it wasn't enough just to wear the shirt and the jeans, but throwing on the denim blazer. I love it. I love I it. I mean, Making a bold statement. better. You don't need friends and runways. You don't Here need a passport. You just, I'm Canadian. Jersey. Uh, this says Jersey. I feel like this isn't more are, Jersey. Are you going to wear that on Central tonight? Please yeah. Do. Please I do. I vote, I vote yes for that, too. No, I don't think so. Um, I'm not sure how to segue from um, what we just saw, but I'm going to do it anyway. The Blue Jackets AHL affiliate, the Cleveland Monsters Blue, Blue Jackets. Jackets. Yeah, I mean, that... <laughs> What is this? <laughs> that wrote itself. Um, they held the Top Gun tribute over the weekend. Forward Trey Fix-Wolanski took it a step further by rocking aviators Love <laughs> during warm-ups. Seems like something Ken Reed uh, would do. But Ivanka, yes. would you want the NHL to adopt movie-themed nights like this? Although, w you're not a movie person. I'm not, I'm not a movie person, but I say, why not? Yeah. Yes, get into it. Let's have some fun. Hey, the NHL, aren't they down in attendance? Yeah, this could be a big up. draw. Bring people up, encourage others, fans, to get dressed up in costume. I agree. I think it's just like the, Why not? the best thing Give we have to look forward to in hockey warm-ups is like the hair flowing because they don't wear head, they don't wear helmets sometimes. Like, let's step it up a notch here, Anna Joe. I went, I went to a, a dinner party recently where there was a theme, James Bond, and it was one of the best nights ever. Just a couple have you seen ago, any of the James Bonds? No, I have not, but I Googled <laughs> and I figured out what James Bond would wear, and so I kind of tried to copy that, imitate. Love it. Anyways, okay. the theme is a good thing. I, I love that in more. your like search history, what would James Bond wear? <laughs> Tuxedo. Uh, I got last one for you. Yes. This guy quickly knocking out 25 poker chips with a knife, all while making sure to not break the beer bottle or lose the ping pong ball on top. Um, do you guys think that this is something that you could accomplish. No, but I wouldn't want to. Like, why though? That is. Question. That looks like a magic trick. That doesn't look real at all. It's the look afterwards that he gives the camera. That confident look. Yeah. I I applaud. So well we didn't done. even rate Kyle Kuzma's outfit. You guys just got up oh. and started showing off your own outfits. Yes. No. no. Tune in tomorrow. Rating <laughs> Kyle Kuzma's outfit. That does it for us. Rogers hometown hockey is coming up. 
at 8 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 1, followed by the Penguins and Jets on Sportsnet, and the Sens return to the ice in Colorado on Sportsnet 1. And catch Ivanka working double duty on Sportsnet mm -hmm. Central after the games. WWE Monday Night Raw comes your way on Sportsnet 360. Have a great night. See ya.